Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! When 845 hits, nothing is off the table. This is No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. What's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Can't stop me now! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into No Boundaries, right here on Com Radio, episode 14, I believe. I think this is 14. It's been quite a run. I personally have not been around for the last two episodes of that run, but it is very uh, – I'm glad to be back. I'll put it that way. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson in the other room. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing great. It's, it's, it is glad to ha- – it is uh, – <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been, it's been a while since I've been in here, too. I didn't. We didn't. Uh, we had to cancel the show last week, but yeah. um, it is good to have you back. I'm glad to have you back in the – opposite studio here we got a lot of great stuff to talk about i want to shout out my my dad though it's his birthday today no way so, yeah yes sir so if, if if you're listening dad happy birthday wanted to give you a shout out over air thought that would be a, a cool way to wish you happy birthday so yeah enjoy your day happy birthday mr donaldson we've never met but if your son is any indication of how cool you are then you got to be a pretty rad dude so happy birthday mr donaldson uh, you did mention, yes, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. You sent me some show ideas last night. Like, yeah, well, what are we going to talk about? And then you rattled off like 50 different things because there is a, a lot of good stuff. So well, I guess we could just get right into it. Why not? Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep going. And it's going to take me a little bit to get back into the swing of things. But nonetheless, here we are, and let's have some fun. So first thing that we got going on today that we definitely need to address because this is big-time stuff so much NBA news has come out since our last show. Obviously, the, the trade deadline was this past Thursday. I will say this. You might disagree. A little bit uneventful in terms of you know comparing it to other years. I think there were definitely other years that had a lot more stuff going on. This one was relatively quiet. Not a whole lot of big names were being traded. But we have seen some teams acquire some pieces through like buyouts for example and uh we we have some some shakeups going on across the league so uh, before we get into those big additions and let's face it you know we'll not bury the lead here it's the lakers and the nets who we're talking about they've gotten some big pieces but before we get into that focusing on the trade deadline in particular who do you think were some of the biggest winners team wise in this trade deadline, who who were really out there making some big-time moves. Yeah, there's definitely, obviously, there's winners and losers in every scenario. I think a lot of teams uh, won, and I think a lot of players won uh, the trade deadline as well. But we'll focus on the the team. We'll take the team angle of it. Um, I'll start off with, I I do really like what Chicago did. Mm -hmm. I love what Chicago did, getting a second um, All-Star and a big presence in the middle. Uh, in, in Nikola Vucevic, uh, they're just a couple games out of the ninth seed. So we'll see if the Bulls and Zach Levine can make a playoff push. Um, but one that I one that really caught my eye is Aaron Gordon to the yeah. Nuggets. Yeah, Gordon has been a player. He was a, he was a high pick in the draft, lottery pick. Um, he's been a def, certainly a serviceable player throughout his career in the NBA. Maybe maybe a notch just a notch above. But he really hasn't been able to take that next step into stardom, and. I always personally thought like or- I mean, Orlando's kind of been irrelevant. Uh, they've had you know Victor Oladipo, and I mean they they haven't really made much noise in the NBA in the past couple of years. So I always thought a change of scenery for him could be you know what he needed, and we'll see. Denver Nuggets, I, I think that I think that was a great team for for him to go to. You know, it's a obviously a better team, more productive team, uh, a, a team that has championship aspirations and you know if if he doesn't take that next step into stardom I feel like he has more at stake in Denver because you know he was a big name big trade acquisition um at the deadline they give up Gary Harris for him so that's a you know decent piece for the Nuggets um but yeah I think that I think he really provides a a he's got he's got the size I think he provides a defensive presence uh for Denver and 
you know, yeah, we'll see. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how he fits uh, in, you know, with with that team. Who's got who's got a lot of got a lot of hoopers on that Denver Nuggets team. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the Nuggets were the biggest threat to the Lakers last postseason. Granted, that was because the Clippers weren't around. But then again, it was the Nuggets who knocked out the Clippers. So mm-hmm. they they're a team that already was a force to be reckoned with. I still obviously think that the Lakers are better, but they can be a real thorn in the side to the Lakers. And now you add a guy like Aaron Gordon, who has, for the most part, been overlooked because he is in Orlando. Yes, he has the fame because of the dunk contest and everything like that, but it's not a good market, and it's not a good team, and it's not a traditionally well-run organization. And he has suffered because of that, and his career trajectory has definitely suffered because of it. But now he does go to a place that has a lot more of a winning culture, and they definitely have pieces, and he's just going to be another piece to add on and it, uh, he's going to be a really, you brought up defensively, really vital part on that side of the ball. And they can really contest now with the Lakers in terms of trying to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now, of course, they have another guy in Andre Drummond who you have to worry about, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I, I think overall I agree with you. Uh, Aaron Gordon, it was the biggest one who stood out to me. Like that move was definitely, I, I would say, the it's not blockbuster, yeah, but in, there were really of, no blockbusters. Exactly, but in terms of like grabbing eyes, that was the one for me. It was like, oh no, that that's legit, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think people have been treating it as big as it is. I'm not saying it's colossal, like oh my god, this is going to change everything. Yeah. But it, it's definitely a really yeah. solid addition Something for the Nuggets can, and yeah. for Aaron Gordon. I I would be just elated right now if I was Aaron Gordon, yeah. finally getting out of Orlando and going to a, a winning team. So that yeah, that was good. Something to keep an eye on. That's I'm going to be looking at it. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you with Zach Levine um, getting another piece in Chicago, too. That That's big time because, I mean, Zach Levine, the jump that he has made in the past yeah. year has been insane. Yeah. And I think Chicago recognizes that, and they realize, yeah, we, we can't give this guy up. We need to support him and, and put a roster around him so we can get back to winning. Yeah. And I, I think that was a, a big move in, in – signing Vucevic because now it shows that that's where they're heading towards personally. Yeah, they, have a, they have a nice looking squad too. Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, yeah. uh, Zach Levine, Vucevic, Pat Pat Williams, rookies look, looking pretty good. I mean, like I said, they're a couple games out of the ninth seed. Might see the Bulls come playoff time. We'll see. Yeah. This, year, this year, yeah, they, they, they could potentially make it to the playoffs. You know, I, I think they have the potential to make a, a real leap heading forward into the mm-hmm. next couple of years. Absolutely. So. I, I, I'm definitely curious to see what exactly happens in Chicago, but we have kind of yeah talked about it a little bit and hinted at it. Lamarcus Aldridge to the Nets, and then Andre Drummond to the Lakers. Huge moves. Yeah. So f- Lamarcus Aldridge was first. W- what were your initial reactions to Lamarcus Aldridge signing with the Brooklyn Nets after his contract was bought out? Are you serious? Wild. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. That was my reaction. I was at um. I was covering uh, a Penn State baseball game. I was there, and the news broke, and I was just, you've got to be kidding. I totally, I fully expected him to sign with the Heat. I'd, really? I'd, Aldridge? Yeah, I thought Aldridge I, was I didn't the see heat. that coming at all. Oh, really? No. Where did you think? Did you have a, any I thought it was going to be one of the two Nets or Lakers. Really? Um, think so? I did see that the Heat were being thrown around in there a little bit, but I was like, eh, I, I don't think so. I just, I don't, th- I, maybe I didn't want to, like, believe it, the fact that they could, the Nets could literally – like we were talking about it a couple shows ago, this may be the greatest like team in terms of names ever assembled. And like Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, yes, he's not the not the player he once used to be, but he's a seven time All Star, has had some very you know very stellar career years, especially with the Trailblazers early on, and then even with the Spurs. I th- not many people talk have talked about him since he's been in San Antonio, mm-hmm. which I mean, I it makes sense. San Antonio kind of flies under the radar sometimes, but. Still, to to get a to get a guy like this and just to add him to just a completely already complete and utterly star studded roster is it's it's insane. It's it's hard wild. to like wrap my head around how the NBA has like come to this. Well, exactly, and in terms of pure names, this is now definitively the best team in terms of names. Oh yeah, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, James Harden arguably having an MVP season, um, especially now with Embiid out of the picture uh, since he's been injured for the and past LeBron couple And half the league. And LeBron, yeah. A lot of the league uh-huh. is injured. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. So 
it's interesting, though, and I'm dying to see how this is going to work out because I also think part of the reason why we're not seeing a whole lot from LaMarcus Aldridge, yes, the Spurs have not been contenders, but also his style of play, a little bit outdated. A little oh, so, bit. Yeah, certainly, yeah. And I, I think that plays a role in it. Blake Griffin obviously has not been able to adjust fully in his career to the move away from the basket the move towards the three-point line, I think that's an issue as well. So, yes, name-wise, mm-hmm. absolutely, this team is stacked. Can they figure out a way to make it all work? I don't know. The three people, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, who, let's face it, that's the main three, they have found a way to make it work very well. Can these other two people come in and find a role in a niche? I, I, I think that's going to be a little bit interesting. Blake Griffin so far has been doing pretty solid. Yeah, he has. I mean, like he said, he's he, he he said yesterday, like y'all were telling me how bad I sucked for two, three years, yeah. and now you're like, oh, that super team, like this isn't fair. Like, he's got a point. No, he does. He does. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. And Brooklyn is definitely a lot more intriguing now. And uh, the, this is this team is uh, unreal. So I yeah. I tweeted out I tweeted out the other day though, and I, I wanted to bring this up on the show because. This is getting a little bit absurd at this point. I have, I also have something I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, one last then, thing on the Nets and Aldridge. Well, we can get to the Lakers in a little bit. And, heck, we could even take a commercial break and come back to the Lakers. But I just wanted to throw this out here because this is just absurd. The, the fact that Kevin Durant once said, like, 10 years ago, why does everybody want to go to the Lakers or the Heat? Like, you know, let, let's just play some basketball. These these are the teammates that Kevin Durant has played with over the years. James Harden, obviously OKC first and now Brooklyn, where he's even better. Uh, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Klay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, Andre Iguodala, Derek Fisher, DeAndre Jordan, Serge Ibaka, and now he gets LaMarcus Aldridge. The fact that people would say, like, oh, LeBron needs all the help in the world. Are you seeing what Kevin Durant, the help that he's getting? Like, join the 73-9 and nine Warriors. Now has four other All-Stars in his starting lineup. Like, wh- he's getting all the help in the world. Double standard. And, and, and I, I don't see many people talking about that. And if I'm judging Kevin Durant's career, that's the first thing I'm bringing up. Dude, you couldn't win... When you had James Harden and Russell Westbrook, granted they weren't in their prime yet, but you had help there, couldn't win. And then you had a couple more years with just you and Russ as you guys were both elevating in your games, in your respective craft, and you were a legitimate contender. You couldn't win. You couldn't close the deal. And you had to go all the way to Golden State, a team that had already proven themselves, with a bunch of other All-Stars, the the greatest regular season team ever assembled, and that's how you won your first ring, and then, of course, your second ring. And then now, if you win a ring this year, well, you, you got the Monstars. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, th- this whole concept, oh, LeBron needs so much help. Look at Kevin Durant. It's ridiculous, man. What, do you, what did you yeah. have to say about this whole Nets thing? Because the, the yeah. whole thing is just absurd, and there's a lot that can be said about yeah, it. But exactly. what exactly did you want to get off your chest? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. I'm going to kind of take a, a different direction. Um, you you were talking about, yeah, like Aldridge style. Stoke is Aldridge's style of play, kind of outdated. Blake Griffin, you know, hasn't really adjusted to, you know, pushing his game further away from the rim. And with that said, like yes, these are all big name additions, but if I still feel, and I I really don't think I'm being biased here. I really still feel like well, nobody has anybody to stop Joel Embiid. That, no, that's first and foremost. But I still feel like. Even if the Nets are the favorites in the East, I think the Sixers are set up almost flawlessly to contend with them. I mean, think about it. You have the best perimeter defender in the league. You have, a, you know, sur- guys to surround him. Like, a, I would say above average to, uh, to, you know, good other perimeter defenders. And then you have Embiid at Brooklyn's weakest position. Yeah. I, if if there's any, I don't know. I, I just feel like if there's a team that's set up to beat that 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 net squad, it is the Sixers. But they just keep they just keep adding star power, which 
leads me to the next mm-hmm. topic, and Sixers we'll get to after the next commercial break that we take uh, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about there, especially trade deadline and everything like that. Lakers get Andre Drummond after the whole LaMarcus Aldridge signing. It seems like kind of similar to what Katie's tweet was back, you know, however many years ago. Oh, people just want to play for the Lakers or the Heat. Now people really only want to play for the Lakers or the Nets, and that's the arms race right now. It reminds me a little bit of the arms race that was going on between Cleveland and Golden State a couple years ago Mm -hmm. where obviously they were the only teams making the finals for four straight years, and they were always adding pieces trying to one-up each other. But in terms of the magnitude of these additions that we've seen this year, I don't even think that arms race that we saw a couple years ago between Golden State and Cleveland comes close to this arms race. Are you in the same headspace as me? I mean, this is outrageous. This Nothing close. The the NBA has never seen anything like this. Like, you just go back a couple – I keep seeing it all over Twitter. The fact that Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant were about to team up uh, probably like 20-some years ago, 15, I don't know. But – and now you look at the league today – it's just it's just unreal to see the the you know the, how how different it is and this these teams just unbelievably stacked it makes sense for a guy like Andre Drummond to want to go to the Lakers that i understand because let's face it it's not like we're going to look back in the history books as Andre Drummond is one of the best players in the history of the game if you just want to go to a place and get exposure and get rings and really increase your market value, that makes sense. But if you yeah, are a guy... Fits, I think he fits well with them, too. And he, he yeah. does, absolutely, especially now with how injury-prone AD has been. Um, that That's going to be a little bit problematic. Not to mention, you look at what happened in the bubble last year, how LeBron and AD were able to just bully teams. Like, the, the, the Trailblazers didn't stand a chance. No. The, the Heat in games... Two, I forget what other games. There were a couple of games, like two or three games, where they had to go to a zone because they could not defend LeBron and AD down low. So now that they add Drummond is scary. Um, and it makes sense, again, from Drummond's perspective, why he would want to go there. And I don't see any problem with a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge wanting to go to the Nets or anything like that. But, yeah, like in the future – if there is somebody else at the caliber of a James Harden or a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant in that echelon, if they want to go to a stacked team like Brooklyn or a stacked team like L.A., then that's an issue. If Giannis were to want to go to L.A., that would be problematic, and I would look down on Giannis because if you're in that echelon and you want to really make a name for yourself in history – you can't be joining up with all these other teams. But a guy like Andre Drummond, who, yeah, you know, hovering around like all-star every single year, but we're not necessarily going to look at him as one of the greatest to ever do it. I have no problem with him wanting to go to a stack team and just contribute and, and play a role there. Yeah, But I, I do believe that these star players, you can't – the KD can't be going to Golden State. Uh, obviously, I, I know James Harden, it was a trade. The fact that he wanted to go to Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie, that it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Am I wrong? Am I justified in this? What, what am I What am I thinking? What are you thinking about how I'm thinking? Yeah, no, you're totally, totally right. I would love to see, you know, players, the teams they get drafted by, just, you know, stay with that team, grind with that team, you know, create, like, camaraderie and, like, really – you know, get the get the fan base involved, and then kind of just work your way up to that championship contention, that level of championship contention. But with today's NBA, it's the small smaller markets are pushed out. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about the smaller markets, and so all these 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 players are they're they're going to big markets like New York, LA, which ironically happen to be the most stacked teams in the NBA. So. Yeah, and no, I I, th- I think you said I think you said pretty much most of it. I I, t- I agree with you, along these lines. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. We do have to go to a commercial break though. But I yeah I still think it's gonna be Sixers Lakers in the finals. I wouldn't be shocked obviously if the Nets yeah. overtook them, uh, overtook the Sixers and went on to face the Lakers in the finals. But 
a lot of game left to play, a lot of regular season, and it should be uh, should be a real treat to see how exactly these two teams, Nets and Lakers, fare with these new additions. I know Andre Drummond is going to get the start tomorrow, um, which should be must-see television, so I'm excited. But we do have to go to a commercial break. We'll come back with some more NBA talk after these words. You're listening to No Boundaries right here on Com Radio. If you love hockey, tune in to Hockey Night in State College on Com Radio. Wednesday nights from 6.15 to 7.15 p.m. with Chris Hess, Jeremy Schooler, Danny Murray, and Nate Pullen. Every Wednesday night from 6.15 to 7.15 here on Com Radio for all things hockey. What is the secret recipe for the Korean fried chicken at the coop? After years and years of searching, I have finally gathered all 15 spices straight from Korea. It is... I ain't giving my secret recipe to nobody. Ha ha ha. The best Korean fried chicken in State College, now at the coop. You're listening to No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. We're back here on Com Radio. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, on a fine Tuesday evening. It was really nice outside today, actually. I was on the phone talking with my dad for a little bit before our show, just taking a yeah. stroll around Innovation Park. It was the, gorgeous. Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. A little bit windy, but can't be too picky. Um, let's talk some more NBA, though. As we just covered, you know, the biggest deals going on in the trade deadline that occurred last week. And then obviously Nets and Lakers and Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge, those two big names um, going to two big name teams. So we'll get now more into the uh, the hometown favorite, the Philadelphia 76ers. And they weren't completely silent. There was a, a window where I thought, oh, yeah, they're not going to get a deal done. But then all of a sudden George Hill comes into the fold. And George Hill is now officially a Philadelphia 76er. I'll throw this at you. Are you cool with this deal? Or would you have preferred the package that was being thrown around to get Kyle Lowry? Do you think that Kyle Lowry was that more, that much more important of an asset than a guy like George Hill? Heck no. Yeah. If you're Lonzo Ball can make an argument. But, heck no, no. That package for Lowry was absolutely ridiculous. Maxi, Thibel, three first, I, I think. Somewhere around there, yeah. For, for a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry that wants $25 million a year, who's a free agent pending this summer, no, absolutely not. If I would have been – no, there's no way Daryl Morey can make that trade. Not a chance. Um, you're So, yeah, I, I, I would rather – George, I wanted Lonzo Ball, but yeah, George Hill, I'll, I'll take it. If could you imagine if we'd given up the farm for a guy like Kyle Lowry, and then he pulls a Jimmy Butler and just leaves in the following offseason? I'm saying like, yeah, Kyle Lowry, like hometown hometown guy, like he totally fits flawlessly, seamlessly into the city of Philadelphia. Tenacious, gritty, you know, championship pedigree. No, even with all of that, it would have been it would have been a bad trade. And does he he gives us Sixers what they need? But does he really like take them over the edge that much? What what does he give that the Sixers need exactly? Because this this is something that I'm like, I'm not fully sold on. Well, another another ball another ball handler. You'd have to That's you'd it? have to you'd have to switch you'd have to well then like I said the 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 tenacious great the championship pedigree like I I don't know I felt like. Kyle Lau, I don't know, but that's why I didn't. I didn't really want him. I wanted Lonzo Ball. The the, the champion. I can tell you what Lonzo Ball gives us. The, the the championship pedigree is a little bit misleading too, considering he rode Kawhi's coattails. Like let's just throw that out there real fast. Um, I guess he 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 played a role. He played a role in that you know finals and in that finals run. But, I mean, to say he has a championship pedigree. After winning one Champion, uh, championship experience, maybe I, I guess meant, maybe I meant experience, but Look, yeah, I didn't. 
I maybe this would be a situation similar to Al Horford. Uh, hear me out. No, hey, we're whenever, on the same page. Whenever we whenever we bring up Al Horford, the usually what follows is not good. <laughs> but I hated when the Sixers played Al Horford, like because I just I hated that guy. Then he becomes yeah. one of us, and there was a period where I was like, oh no, this is nice. Like I, I like Al Horford, and then of course it just went straight to crap. Kyle Lowry is very similar in the sense that I hate Kyle Lowry, mainly because I, I, I don't like to play him. Um, and I also think there's a lot about him just competitive-wise. Yeah, if I were competing against him, I would just not – I couldn't stand this dude. So maybe it would have been a situation like that where I, I realized, no, he, he's, he's one of us now, and I, I like what he brings to the table. But I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of him, never have been. I don't care if he's a Villanova guy. I've never been a fan of Kyle Lowry, and I I don't think that there is a whole lot outside of the fact that, yes, he can handle the ball, and, yes, he is kind of like a scrappy guy. I don't think there's a whole lot he could have contributed to this team personally. I I totally agree, especially for that uh, just crazy trade package. Yeah, way too much. And then they ended up getting nothing for him. Nobody wanted to pay that. Nobody's that dumb. And, look, like I, I saw some people saying, like, absolutely give up. Maxi absolutely give up Thibault. Like these are people who could potentially pan out, but Kyle Lowry is a guy who could help us win now, and we need to win now. And it's like I don't even. I I think Thibault could still contribute later on in the season, and in the postseason in particular. Absolutely. And I I just don't see the reason why you would give a guy like that up for you know as you said a guy who yeah we might get one or two really good years out of him, and maybe we do. Maybe he is that missing piece. Maybe three months. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he is for the next three months, that missing piece that we need who could bring us a championship. I just don't – it's too much of a risk, and you're giving up way too much. I agree. For – yeah, I I didn't see a likely scenario where the payoff was so profound. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I didn't see it. So I'm glad that they went with George Hill over Kyle Lowry because I – think you and I are both in agreement. When we saw that package being thrown around, being put out there for Kyle Lowry, I was like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, I was like, nope. Yeah. So Not a chance. That, that, that's all good there. Um, Sixers yeah. playing the Nuggets tonight. Um, actually, do we know? Is Aaron Gordon playing? I don't know. I do not know that either. I'll I would assume. Um, but, yeah, George. it's reported that George Hill is uh, coming back. He and Embiid are probably going to be coming back at – you know, or around the same time next week. Next week, it's crazy out there. It's, it's went by fast. His Embiid's injury, um, but yeah, uh, that's what that's what reports are. That's what I saw today. We'll see. Um, in terms of the George Hill pickup, while you're looking that up, I do. I did uh, like you. You, I think you put it perfectly in your tweet. You said I wasn't. F- I, you weren't floored by it, but yeah. like it was a good deal, and I and and I totally agree. It had. It took me a minute. I was like George Hill. On the Thunder, I all I remember is George Hill from the Pacers. That's I didn't yeah. even know he was on the Thunder, um, but I, I I do like the pickup because he barely even played this. He only he's been injured. He's played in like fourteen games this year, but I do like the pickup because I mean off the bench, ball handler off the bench. He shot forty forty eight percent from three last year. Yeah, led, I think he led the NBA. So and 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 then my biggest thing is it it gives Shake a lot of free reign. Shake's not a point guard. No. It, it guys, he can work a lot off ball now. If, if George Hill's running that second unit, he can focus on 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 scoring, and I think that's uh, it's going to bode well for the Sixers. Well, and that was also my thing too. George Hill is a bench player. Oh yeah, you bringing a guy like Kyle Lowry. Like Kyle Lowry isn't a, a bench player. No, he's got to start. You'd have to shake up the the, the starting lineup. A little exactly. Bit. Well, does Ben Simmons then get booted to a two or a three? Or does he go to the four? Like exactly, yeah. He's doing so well this year. Mm-hmm. I was like, why bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry, who is going to take the ball away from him, and is going to start at point guard when you already have Ben Simmons having the best season of his career as starting point guard? Yeah. That's what didn't make sense to me. George Hill makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. You're bringing that guy in to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, yes, he's old, but he's still going to start, and he's still getting paid like he is a starter. So yeah. you know, you, I just didn't see it a whole yep. lot. Um, real quick before we go to another commercial break, though, we do have to bring up Russell Westbrook. What was it, 35, 21, and 14? Yeah. Last night. There's there's no other reason why we're talking about this aside from the fact <laughs> that this was just absurd. Absolutely absurd. 
I've been a critic of Russell Westbrook. Where I don't know if we talked. Where do you stand on Russell? I Westbrook? love Russell Westbrook. He might be my favorite player. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> do you we're, not know we're, that? We're way off then. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I love did not Westbrook. Know that. Okay, well that makes I, sense why you would want to talk about it. Oh, Zach yes. was the one who brought that up. He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Russell Westbrook put up 35, 21, and fourteen. I said that. I wanted to cover it because, yeah, I had never seen a stat line like this before. You just wanted to cover it selfishly because you're a big Russell <laughs> no, Westbrook. <laughs> well, it was a little bit of both because, yeah, you've never seen a stat line like this before. 35 points tw- – or, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, 35 points, 21 rebounds. 35 points, 21 assists, 14 rebounds. I saw a stat that he contributed to 88 points of the Wizards. I, I had another exact total. I think it was 120-something. But he contributed 88 of those, which is just – Absolutely absurd. I I just I just don't I I hate how he gets so much hate. You gotta appreciate like the the type of player that that he is. Like yeah, he shoots some poor contested jumpers. Yes, he like. But it, look, if that's all I have on him, that's where I, that's where I stand. I think he's pr- pretty pretty phenomenal. Outside of that, I I can't see why any M- NBA team wouldn't want want a player like that. He is very good in the regular season. And I yes, I will give him credit. I was going to stick playoff success on the end of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him credit. Yes, this was a regular season game, and it doesn't mean anything. But that was a remarkable performance. However, we've seen stuff like this from him in the past where he burns himself out in the regular season, and then we get into the playoffs, and he is just a shell of himself. Last year in the bubble, granted that was not his team. That was James Harden's team. He was awful. I, against the Lakers, awful. I, I I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah, he was he was bad, but I, he was hurt too. I, he was hurt. If you're on the floor, <laughs> if you're on the floor, I'm expecting you not to you know shoot the ball off the side of the backboard, which he did multiple times. So that that's just my personal opinion. Uh, maybe I hold my athletes to too high a standard, but we're gonna go to a commercial break we just needed to touch on that a little bit and acknowledge it because it was absurd but we're gonna come around with some Penn State basketball and a little Penn State football afterwards too I mean Penn State football has been in the news a lot mm-hmm. in the past week or so so we'll talk about that but you're listening to no boundaries stick with us Here on Com Radio, nothing is off the table for discussion. Whether that's breaking news, daily sports talk, the entertainment and music industry, Penn State sporting events, whatever it is, we've got you covered on PSUComRadio.com. There you can find our talk shows or live broadcasts, articles or podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more content. But above all, thank you for tuning into our station and be sure to stick around right here on Com Radio. Are you looking for that one show to satisfy your hockey needs? Well, tune in to Hockey Night in State College on Wednesday nights from 6.15 to 7.15 with Chris Hess, Jeremy Schooler, Nathan Pollan, and Danny Murray as they break down all things NHL and college hockey. That's 6.15 to 7.15 on Wednesday nights right here on Com Radio. We're talking all sports, anytime, anywhere. It's No Boundaries, here on Com Radio. And we're back here on Com Radio, No Boundaries. Going to talk some Penn State basketball right off the bat. It was a big day today at the Bryce Jordan Center as Micah Shrewsbury was formally introduced as head coach of the men's basketball team. They had a a huge ceremony, huge press conference. Uh, I had never seen a a press conference at at Penn State with this much hype around it, and that's mainly because of the the great work that guys like P.J. Mullen and Mitch Gerber do over in athletics. They put on a whole production uh, with Steve Jones. Dick Girardi was on there as well uh, leading up to the the press conference, and then they broadcasted that on all the Penn State basketball uh, social accounts and everything like that, and it was a great program. I I was able to watch some of it. and I did watch some of Micah Shrewsbury's speech. I saw Sandy Barber introduce him and everything like that. So, I, I mean, we haven't talked about this because this occurred when I was in quarantine. <laughs> um, but Micah Shrewsbury, mm-hmm. especially after seeing this stuff today, are you, are you sold on him? You, you think that it was the right move for, for Penn State? Um, well, I'm, time will tell. I, yeah. I, I still think that 
maybe Penn State could have went out and you know got a bigger, more prominent name. But I mean, people say he, he he had a large influence on you know the the program and the and the the team and you know everything surrounding that. And I mean, like you said, that phenomenal you know, production put together yesterday uh, that just might be the tip of the iceberg for you know the, the influence that he could have on on Penn State basketball. Yeah, I I was with you originally when I first heard Micah Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. Like this is a team that was almost an NCAA tournament team last year. Um, had, had a lot of guys still this year from that team who were now even better. And obviously things went a little bit haywire this year, but good foundation. It was a team that was knocking on the door. They were competing with everybody this year. I mean, how many times did Penn State get blown out? You could count it on be one hand too. because they were in almost every single game, even though – it was an interim head coach. There was a whole COVID shutdown, and it's the most competitive conference in college basketball. They were still competing night in and night out, and in my opinion, should have made the NIT. But point stands, this is a team that has really shown a lot of significant strides over the past couple of years, and I thought that they, yeah, at the beginning, they could have went out and maybe poached a young and up-and-coming head coach at another school, like a smaller school, um, you know, and not to bring it back to football again, but, you know, when, when Penn State football went and got James Franklin, that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Proven head coach from a smaller school, and they were going to elevate him to, you know, a big-time program. That's what I thought Penn State basketball was going to do. They were going to take a proven head coach from a smaller school who was up and coming, was, a, was you know, a name that was – really being thrown around there as somebody who's like could be the next big thing. I thought that was going to be the type of coach that Penn State got. They did not. They got a guy who has never been a head coach yep. and has just been assistants uh, to Brad Stevens and to Matt Painter, who's another great head coach. And I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. But when you do hear what Matt Painter and Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum have to say, like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have liked what I've seen from Shrewsbury so far. And I, I think that he's going to be a really good fit for this program. But there have been issues with players potentially transferring. You need a team first. You do need a team. <laughs> yes, that that is very critical. And that's why, like, all this introductory stuff is great. And I loved watching the press conference earlier today. And I loved, you know, seeing, again, Mitch and Steve Jones and Dick Girardi, you know, talk about it. And actually there's a show going on right now in the middle of our show uh where they're you know it's his welcome to happy valley and everything like that with his family and everything like that so i love all this stuff yeah but he does need to get on the recruiting trail a little bit and start recruiting because yeah as of right now i mean he's losing uh not losing a bunch of guys potentially losing a bunch of guys but isaiah brockington announced last week that he is coming back he was one of those names that was uh in the transfer portal and he decided no i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna stay here at penn state which I think that's a huge sign for this yes. program. You, are you on the same page as me? Oh, like that could be a really good omen. Huge keep. I think. I mean, I think I, I like Brockton. I think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. I think he could. I mean, we'll see. There's still. I mean, we, we might get into it. If you think who will other players follow suit? Yeah. To be determined. Um, but no, the the fact that Brockington is you know staying here, and obviously there's Miles Dread, Sam Sessoms too. Mm. That that that's big. To me, the only thing that would have been bigger is if Myron Jones decided to come back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, there. I. I think he goes. I th- there was a report yesterday that he's he's not really coming back. I think he goes south. I think he goes SEC. Probably that would yeah. make a lot of sense. But I I do think that Brockington coming back is a, a pretty good sign that there is going to be some momentum towards players returning obviously when you go into the transfer portal that doesn't mean sure fired like oh yeah he's going yeah Lamont Wade for Penn State football entered the transfer portal and he ended up you know spending all four years here or three years I can't remember how exactly long it was but anyway point is you can always come back and yes while there was a lot of tension between Penn State basketball and the athletic department reportedly especially after the whole chamber situation and everything yes there's a lot of tension there but it didn't mean that automatically when these players entered the transfer portal that they were all leaving. Yeah, no. And now with Isaiah Brockington coming back, I, I think, you know, maybe 
it could be a sign that the players I – I still think there are going to be some who go. Mm-hmm. And I, I would not be shocked if Myron Jones, for example, went to the SEC or something like that. I think that makes sense. But there could be players who come back and they're like, okay, you now know how we feel, athletic department. We felt betrayed. We were going to go look elsewhere. But we're back. Let's make sure that this doesn't happen again. And we can work yeah. this out. And, I didn't think and of it like, like that. this is maybe yeah. just like a, 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 a thing that they're doing to maybe – you know, s- not scare the athletic department, but uh, hear them yeah. out to, to, to get the athletic department to say, to listen to them and say, hey, we messed up and let's work on this. You know, Thre- athletic threaten them a little bit. What'd you say? Let's threaten them a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, th- this was a big deal. You had how many got six? Six of the top eight players, top eight scorers from yeah. Penn State mm-hmm. leaving, uh, potentially. Like, that. that's like, huge. Yeah. That's, I've never seen more that before. Too. Eight, eh, eight in total? Because you got Butrick and, and, and Kelly, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. so anyway, yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. And, and I remember that day seeing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this this is unreal. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. How <laughs> almost half the team mm-hmm. enters the transfer portal. And uh, yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with Shrewsbury. I, I think it just had to do with the fact that it was an entire year where they just didn't feel hurt and they maybe you know weren't the the happiest again according to the reports. Yeah. So uh, I'm. Glad that Brockington came back, and it's going to be interesting to see how that leads into maybe other people returning. But I do want to get into Penn State football pro day. That was this past Thursday. I was watching the whole thing because I had nothing better to do. I was stuck in a room by myself where I couldn't go outside. Um, And I watched, I think it was like four hours of coverage between the Big Ten Network broadcast and then, again, Gopi Issue Sports, Mitch Gerber, P.J. Mullen, that whole team putting that production together. Um, Great job with that, by the way. But – I wanted to, to ask you, I, I think the main two standouts were Micah Parsons, obviously, and most importantly, Jason Owe. What were you thinking about their performances on Pro Day? Because I was blown away. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I watched the entire thing, too. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> blown away completely. I mean, those people their size should not be putting up the numbers and the measurables that they're putting up. I mean, Micah, six foot three, running a th- a four three nine forty yard dash. Like yeah. that, you, you see? Did you see? You see the video like on Twitter of the one where it's um like angle, so it's like he's coming at you. So yeah. Imagine that coming at you, like unbelievable. And then Owe, his 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 biggest thing was kind of his 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 athleticism, his his numbers, his his testing, you know, results. Um, because he ha- he doesn't have the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, he d- didn't record a sack this year. Um, obviously, you can still affect plays without sacking the quarterback, especially in college. But, uh, yeah, he definitely did what he needed to do as well to keep his stock, you know, right there. I think he's I think he's low one, probably, likely two. Um, but the fact that you're saying that, though, shows you – how important his pro day was. Oh, exactly. And I thought he, I thought I thought he, I thought he nailed it. I mean, um, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought they both did. I'm I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the forty times I had them. They just they just I just well, lost them. I know OA was four three six, and then Parsons yeah. was four three nine. Yeah, I mean, I I personally freakish. I think inhumane. Jason OA outperformed Micah Parsons. That pro day. Granted, Micah Parsons didn't even need to have a pro day. Yeah, he was going to be just fine regardless. He really, I think, the big thing that he needed to accomplish was kill the forty-yard dash. Everything else, Micah Parsons could have just breezed through, and it wouldn't have mattered. That was cone drills, though. He was struggling on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those no, cone exactly. drills a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I did think it was a good sign how he kept screwing up, and he was like, "No, I want to try it again. I want to try exactly. it again." Um, that, show, that goes to show you the player again. I, I, I think especially because so people are talking about some character concerns that they have with him. You know, I think he maybe not completely eradicated them, but definitely addressed them in yeah. some sort of capacity there. I mean, look, if, you, if you're going to be a top 10 pick and a franchise is spending a very important pick on you and they're going to invest a lot of money in you and hope that you pan out for the future, yeah, I'd like to know everything about you. And I, I, so I, I think those are warranted. They did the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, not comparing Baker Mayfield to Mike Parsons is obviously two completely different players, two completely different people. But 
same thing held true. And Baker Mayfield even said that. He was like, listen, yeah, I get it. You know, I get why they're questioning me because they're investing a lot of time and a lot of money in me. So I get it. Um, but I, I do think that Micah Parsons, the way that he handled that and competing, and then the way that he handled the interviews afterwards, I think was really, really good. But yeah, I, I do think that Jason Oway stole the show. Like I, I thought all around, this was yeah. one of the most freakish pro days that I have ever witnessed from anybody at Penn State. Um, the vertical, the vertical jump, vertical was unreal. Oh my goodness, man, that was. I think that was even more just unreal than the forty. Yeah, he uh, he definitely increased his draft stock after that and he definitely made himself a lot more money because yeah like you said and it was a common theme on the broadcast too the numbers aren't necessarily there from his college career like what you know sacks yeah, production, yeah. tackles Mm-mm. it's not there um especially because he's just a sophomore no, well, and he had just started yeah. playing football junior year of high school yeah that's him. so it makes sense why they're not there but still if, if you're an nfl team how can you gamble on a guy like that when literally he has almost nothing to show for throughout his college career and just started playing football in high school? You throw in the pro day, and he excels in every single category. Now, if you're an NFL franchise, okay, yeah, we, we, we can bet on this guy. We, we, we know tangibly that he can you know, really yeah, just shine skills. in these drills that are really meaningful. For you know, becoming a, a real stud in the NFL, and uh, I mean, I, yeah. I've never seen anything like that from anybody from Penn State. And there have been a lot. Look, because Penn State is an athletic department, and we got to go to a commercial break in a second. But Penn State strength and performance, one of the best you know units in college football in, in terms of developing players and getting them to this stage where they can really impress NFL scouts. So to say that Jason Oway had one of the best pro days out of any Penn Stater that I have seen, that's a big-time statement because traditionally Penn State has really prepared their players for events like Pro Day like this past Thursday. A lot of it, success in the pros, too. Yeah, uh, Troy Apke, for example. Troy Apke, when he was playing for Penn State, I didn't think much of him. Was, yeah, he's, he's a serviceable you know, defensive back. He has this unreal pro day, and then combine, he was unreal in the combine, and he ends up, you know, getting a yeah. really solid draft pick, and he's had a really solid career. Yeah. So, you know, he was one of those guys where it was like a big shock. I think Oway, we kind of knew what he was capable of in terms of those, uh, you know, skill trainings and those those drills in particular. But it still was a shock to see how well he performed in every single one. So, he he's definitely benefiting a lot from a pro day, and uh, we'll see exactly sure. how that pans out in next. It's next month is the draft. Yeah, end of end of April. Yeah, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I will not be attending. But me neither, unfortunately. Yeah. That's I'm, my goal one day. One day I'll get to a draft. I'm never going to Cleveland unless oh, yeah, LeBron is there. That's the reason why I, I obviously <laughs> I, I have I don't have the means of attending because A, I don't have the money and B I don't have a plane ticket. Uh but, see it's in Cleveland. Yeah. The main reason Joe is Kamala. Yes, it's in Cleveland. <laughs> and I don't want to go to Cleveland unless LeBron is there. So we're gonna go to quick uh, We're going to go to a quick commercial break. There we go. Talk about some more uh, football Eagles on the opposite side, and we'll close it out on the opposite side as well. So you're listening to No Boundaries right here on Com Radio. March Madness is right around the corner, and there is no better place to get caught up on all the craziness than on Com Radio's The Shootaround. With expert analysis, in-depth looks at teams, and straight basketball talk for a full hour, Com Radio's only talk show devoted exclusively to college basketball will get you ready for tournament time. Join us Wednesdays from 7.30 to 8.30 as David Hadar and Hunter Pickoff talk about the craziest sport in the country. See you there. From America's pastimes of baseball and football to sports such as fighting in the UFC, cash has you covered. Charlie and Austin Sports Hub brings you the latest and greatest trends across all sports leagues in America. What better way to spend your Friday night before going out than listening to Cash from 6 to 6.30 p.m.? Stop in for a listen on Com Radio, weekly every Friday. And we're back here on No Boundaries. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, uh, real quick. Before we wrap up the show, we do have to touch on the Eagles and, in general, the stuff that's going on in the NFL. We had a lot of shakeup in the draft order last week. 
uh, specifically pertaining to the Eagles. Eagles give up the sixth pick, the sixth pick that they were so desperate for that they yanked Jalen Hurts out of the game in Week 17 uh, to tank and get the sixth pick. They give it up anyway. They now move back to 12th. Zach, did Howie Roseman make the correct move in moving back to 12th? Okay, look, my, my initial reaction was Howie Roseman, you were dead to me. The Eagles <laughs> actually managed, Howie Roseman actually managed for me to dislike him more than I did. By, by Like you said, the Eagles pretty much gave – there's a lot riding on this sixth pick. There's, there's a lot riding a lot. on the sixth pick. And for him to just basically just just, just give it away for – I, I don't. I don't really. There are theories. I could. I could theorize why he gave it away, but I don't think we have enough time uh, to do that uh, today. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that was my initial reaction. But then I kind of sat down and like thought about it. I'm like, okay, Eagles pick up an next an extra draft pick next year. If Hurts does well, okay, get him a weapon. If he doesn't do well, maybe use on a quarterback. I don't know. It gives you some flexibility. And I still feel like there's some decent talent. Decent talent that could fall to twelve. Oh no, I, I'm with you. Yes. So it. If, you know, Jalen Waddell or, dare I say, someone like a Michael Parsons or Patrick Certain drops to 12, it's crazier things have happened in the draft before. Um, I mean, look how far, uh, like, J- Jerry Judy and all those wide receivers plummeted last year. I mean, yeah. it, it's stuff like that happens. So I, I don't think the trade looks as bad if you're able to, you know, secure one of those guys. But just the bottom line is just – why are you doing this? Just why, Jeffrey Laurie? Why are you, why do you keep letting how you how we do this? It's just you you need some stability right now. This franchise is a dumpster fire. I think there definitely will be some talent at twelve. I definitely like the fact that Eagles did get a couple more draft picks out of this. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem though: Giants and Cowboys are drafting at ten and eleven. Again, they're going to get an edge. That. I don't think I thought about that. Yeah, they're drafting at 10 and 11. Eagles are at 12. You um, see what happened last year with C.D. Lamb. Exactly. And on top of that, the only reason why, seemingly, Howie Roseman gave up the sixth pick was because he was trying to get the third pick. Oh, yeah. That's and the reason why he was yeah. trying to get the third pick was because he wanted to draft a quarterback, and that quarterback would have been Zach Wilson. I keep forgetting about that. So we would have been in a situation, again, where we were drafting a quarterback instead of focusing on developing the quarterback we already have. And we would have been at square one again because we would have had another quarterback controversy, and we wouldn't have had any people that this quarterback could have thrown to. Instead of using the sixth pick... Or, you know, moving up and using the third pick. Instead of using that, either one, third or six, to draft a receiver, they were going to go after another quarterback. And we're essentially in the exact, probably a worse situation. Two unproven guys. Wentz was proven. Yeah. To it, at least a certain extent. And now, yeah. Worse it, situation. It, it would have been even worse so if that they had gotten the third. Too. Unbelievable. This guy. This yeah. guy. Laurie just keeps giving him matches and, 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 and gasoline, and he's just imploding this entire, <laughs> entire franchise. So, yeah, he couldn't get the third pick. Decided, yeah, might as well acquire some draft picks instead. So, we'll trade we'll the see. sixth pick. I mean, at this point, like, I have no, like, expectations. I have no high hopes. I'm just like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So, but real quick, because we do have to wrap up in a couple minutes, but I, I do want to get to this because especially now with the pro days, mm-hmm. we've seen Zach Wilson, we've seen Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields had a great pro day today. He did. But now there's all this, I guess, conspiracy, like, oh, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be the first quarterback picked. It's going to be Zach Wilson, and then Justin Fields has his day today. And it's like, oh, Justin Fields might be – it's like, can we just set in stone a, a solid order? And, and can we not allow recency mm-hmm. bias to in, like, impact how we view these quarterbacks? Yeah. Real quick, out of Lawrence, uh, Wilson, Fields, Lance – and Matt Jones, mm-hmm. who, what are you thinking in terms of how those quarterbacks go? In order, right. I'll give you my order. It's kind of one I've had for a little bit. As the draft process gets closer, I like to dive into the draft as it gets a little closer. It's approaching, so I'll look look into it more then. But right now, I th- I think it's Trevor, 
Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Wow. I, I, I think it's Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Mac Jones, then Ooh. Trey Lance. I, I think Trey Lance goes last. Interesting. Out of those five. He, might, he might end up – are we talking about what order we think they're picked or what order we think they're – well, it could go either way. It's just, I mean, I'm not focusing on the specific teams or anything. Yeah. Like that. I'm just saying, like, in terms of how it should go, in my opinion, based off of their talent, that's that's what I would. Do. It's tough. It's very, it's very tough. All these guys have a lot of. All these, are very, these are very talented quarterbacks. This is a good quarterback class. It is. It's and one of the better ones in recent memory. And now with the 49ers with the third pick, they're almost absolutely going after a quarterback. I would not be shocked if they moved off of Jimmy G. Uh, yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. Moving back in the draft, you would assume that that means that they're sticking with Tua. Obviously, he didn't perform as well as people had hoped last year, but I, I think it's the right move to stick with him and see where he could go. So that's definitely another thing to keep your eye on in this one. But we do have to wrap things up. Uh, Philly's opening day Thursday, by the way. Do you want to put that out there? We'll be talking about that in the show next week. They're Let's facing go. off against it's the baseball Braves. Baseball season. Got to be interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Phillies. They have not really uh, yeah. delivered on their promises the past couple of years, but – uh, that'll be exciting news. Do you have any other exciting news that you saw or heard that you would like to bring up for our audience listening at home? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna continue the the feel good story trend that I that I okay. have going these past couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's a good way to to top off the show. Um, this one I I, I found th- there was a stray dog who went viral for 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 stealing a this purple unicorn. I I I don't know. It was it was on. It was at like a some store, um, some animal shelter store thing. I'm not sure, but he he kept going in there and going in the toy aisle. There's a stray dog and stealing the unicorn, and um, eventually, you know, somebody, I guess the story got out and somebody, you know, bought the dog the unicorn and adopted it. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. Man, it's cute, right? It's cute, right? My 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 story is about quesadillas. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> When I go to Chipotle, I always get a chicken and cheese quesadilla. My friends always make fun of me because I don't get a bowl or a burrito or anything like that. But I, I do love their chicken and cheese quesadillas. So I always order that. And I remember one time over winter break, I went to one Chipotle. They were only doing online ordering. You could not go in person and go through the, the typical line that they have and say, yeah, I want chicken, I want cheese, blah, blah. Couldn't do that. You had to order online. Well, on their app, they didn't have a quesadilla option. And there was this whole brouhaha at the Chipotle because I, I went in and I was like, hey, there's no, ch- there's no chicken and cheese quesadilla on your app. Could I just order it here? And they're like, no, you got to order through the app. I was like, well, what I want isn't on the app. And I was like going back and forth, and eventually they gave in, thankfully, and they just made me the chicken and cheese quesadilla even though I didn't order it on the app. So a couple weeks ago, my friend who I was with that night texted me. He says, hey, man. They just made this big announcement. They have quesadillas on the Chipotle app now. I'm like, oh, great. I, I, hopefully I never need it again. Hopefully I never have to order through the app, but that's good to know. Well, so I go to Chipotle today before I come out here to do our show, and I say, I want a chicken and cheese quesadilla. The woman at the register says, oh, we don't make those. I'm like, what do you mean you don't make those? She says, you can't order it in person anymore. You have to order through the app. I said, like, what is it? So you're still making the quesadillas. She says, yeah, but you just have to order it through the app. I was like, well, if I were to get a burrito and say in person, I want a burrito, would you make it? She said, yeah. I was like, so I don't have to order through the app for a burrito, but I have to order through the app for a quesadilla? She said, yeah. I was like, oh, that makes no sense. What? So I, 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 I had to download the app again. Thankfully, yeah, they had the quesadillas on there. But by the way, the quesadilla, they changed it up. Not good compared to the original. I hated it. So, overall, bad experience at Chipotle. I just ran it for three minutes. We were over time. I just needed to let that out there. No, that Do, was, I'm glad you said that. Don't get a chicken and cheese quesadilla or any type of quesadilla at Chipotle because they changed it up, and it's just weird the way they do it now. You can't order it in person, but you can order a burrito in person. It just made no sense. Yeah, Zach, the, where can they find you? I'm done rambling. That? Yeah, enough, enough of that. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Zach Donaldson underscore, and make sure to follow the show's account to uh, re-listen to this episode if you wish. Oh. Um, as it's posted on Spotify. Yes, sir. N zero boundaries. Connor, where can they find you? Thank you for asking. I'm at Real C Griff on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, that's pretty much all we got. I got facial hair now, so whatever pictures you see of me on social media <laughs> might be a little bit outdated. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens if I if I stick with this or not. We'll see. 
I'm feeling it out right now. But I think it's a good look. Thank you, buddy. You can't way. see it because we're not on camera. We're behind this is the radio. Right now. This is radio. But who knows? Maybe we'll cross paths at some point. All you listeners at home, and you can see my glorious beard. But we're gonna wrap things up here on No Boundaries. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can follow us, and you can also tune back into the show next week, Tuesday at six o'clock. We hope to see you there. Peace, guys. Thank you for listening to Com Radio a production by the students of the Belisario College of Communications at Penn State University. We now return you to scheduled programming.